I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. On today's episode, I am joined by Lisa Price, Chief People Officer at Car Global, a global Fortune 1000 company. Car's complementary businesses provide support, technology, and logistics for the used vehicle industry. Lisa has such a great story. She knew at age seven she wanted to be a lawyer. And because she leaned into a couple of key opportunities that popped up for her, not only has she been a successful employment lawyer, today she leads the HR talent function for Car Global. There are two key themes that emerge through her story the importance of authenticity and support. Both show up in her career defining moments. Lisa is a gem. She is such a genuine leader and cares so much about her team and the people around her. That comes through so clearly as she's sharing her story. Take a listen. Um, it was early career stage. You know, you're a lawyer in a law firm. We're really uh, trying to move up on the partnership track and it was rising fast. It was successful. And I had a colleague uh, leave to go into Odessa, now one of the business units of Car Global, and sort of watched her journey as a transition into in-house counsel and thought that's something I'd be interested in. That opportunity came out of nowhere in late 2005 to explore essentially what might be on that other side of the in-house legal standpoint. And it just so happened that on a personal front, my husband and I were just starting our family. So I was eight months pregnant with my first child in the interview stage and a month out paid leave was just around the corner. And you know, there was no missing or hiding the fact, of course, that I was expecting. It wasn't an elephant in the room, but it was pretty close to something like that. So on a personal level, I, I was already on the cusp of some pretty big life changes. And here I was contemplating you know, introducing another big change. Uh, from a career standpoint, and one I frankly hadn't prepared for or imagined at that time. And um, so it wasn't a decision that I was taking lightly, and quite frankly, that my colleagues at the law firm understood, specifically at the managing partner level. They just flat out told me, you know, you're making a mistake, you're overhead when you move into the corporate setting, you're a money spender, not a money maker. And you know, as you're being told that eight months pregnant and you've got all the life decisions ahead of you, career decisions, it just was a lot of weight. And I thought I need to make the best decision for me from a career standpoint, knowing the family you know, standpoint was following either way. And so making that decision to leave partnership track, go in-house, you know, for me to get over that hurdle, I really felt I had to embrace change not view it as limiting or scary, but instead more opportunistic and you know, see what's behind that curtain, what's next. And I think that really from a, a challenge or where I learned a lot about myself there was courage, courage and choices. You know, I think a lot of times that we are very quick to question, you know, can I do that? Will I be successful at that? Um, but really the courage and choices as a leader, you make the decision, go all in, take that chance. And um, even though if it's not in your comfort zone, go for it. And so that's what I did in 2005. And, you know, super thrilled to say I'm still in that, you know, 
corporation that I joined in 2005 from a lawyer standpoint. What was it that drove that decision? Because you, like you said, you weren't supported by your colleagues and at the at the management level even sounds like discouraged. What was it within you that drove that that tough choice? Yeah, so while at the law firm, I've always focused on employment law, that employment compliance focus, um, anywhere from you know employment laws to uh, discrimination, you know, contract work, M and A activity. Just I had that passion and goal. And within the law firm, I represented you know companies within Indiana. I was licensed in Indiana, and this opportunity to move in house for two reasons: it gave me a dedicated client, someone that I could help both on the proactive and reactive side, and grow that consistent understanding of their business practices, their vision from a business, but be their lockstep in exactly you know, their journey and their vision. But it also gave me an opportunity to work for a company of a North America scale at that point. So I immediately got exposure to all 50 states, Canada, Mexico. It was, it was that challenge. Like, what, you know, I know I could do more. I always say that, you know, I'm a good student and I will learn anything. I'll try anything. And to me, that was just an opportunity to stretch myself. Both had the confidence, I have the ability, but how do you put those together and, and get out of your comfort zone? And, and I frankly just thought I'd be more successful in that um, in-house setting. I think there's a lot of people that think that um, in-house counsel is better, easier, less hours than those in a law firm. And and I'm here to tell you that's not true. <laughs> it's not true at all. It's not about a work-life balance. You know, you're going to have those challenges in, in any role that you have. Uh, but it was more from my own career perspective. Where did where did I want to go? Where did I want to see myself in you know, three years, five years? Besides a new mom, I knew that I wanted to be fulfilled professionally as well. So you certainly were thinking about longer-term goals and. I think so much of the time when I'm talking with folks about career changes, you know, we, we make decisions from a place of stability and comfort and you did not do that. You definitely chose courage and a bit of a risk in making that move. It did. It felt like a big risk, but quite frankly, and, and you know, with pure hindsight and gratitude, you know, the company took a risk on me. I was there two weeks and then went out for, you know, for three months on a maternity leave. So they believed in me and what I was bringing to the table. And you know, my ability to sell that value within you know, a series of four to five interviews, that's fantastic. And it just gives you confidence, confidence in where you're going and kind of what you're doing. Yeah, I love the story, regardless of the fact you were pregnant, but the fact that you were eight <laughs> months pregnant, it's pretty awesome. But that wasn't a deterrent, of course, as it shouldn't be. Exactly. And you know that, right? I know that. I'm an employment lawyer. You know, I, I definitely know that. And they were hiring for an in-house corporate lawyer focused on employment. So you say they knew that, but you're you're always, you're, you always wonder if you are in the best position, if you're the best candidate going in like that. So I was super appreciative of, of the entire team at that time to choose, you know, choose me. But on the contrary, you know, I was the best candidate. So <laughs> proves in, in staying there uh, in that role for eight years. 14 years later, look how your role has evolved. So talk about that. I mean, now you're 
I mean, this is a kind of a new day for Car Global. You have a new vision that you're launching. Tell us, well, tell us first about the evolution from in-house counsel to leading the human resources function. When did that happen? So um, unexpectedly, as you said, uh, in 2013, I experienced what I, that truly is a fork in the road, right? You have a path to choose from. I was eight years into the corporate counsel role, had been promoted to vice president, was reporting to our general counsel, and had the scope of all of North America at that point, and was, you know, was thrilled in that role. From a moving up standpoint, you know, the next practical role would be associate general counsel, general counsel, but that associate role didn't exist. So I was always looking for a path. And when you're working for a company, you know, at that point with more than 12,000 employees, you think there's there's some mobility opportunity and some learning opportunity, but hadn't quite started exploring those. And at the time, CAR was coming out of what was private equity ownership. We were going public and our CEO, Jim Hallett, and the entire senior leadership team at the time had amply noticed, right, that there was not a people champion at the senior leadership table. That role had essentially been eliminated back in 2007 and it wasn't replaced. We had a VP of HR operations and a VP of HR administration, both that sort of worked in silos and were not truly represented at the leadership table. And so it was quite a surprise one day when the CEO, Jim Hallett, came literally around the corner to my corner office and said, hey, would you consider taking on the VP of HR role, moving out of legal and, and taking the realm there and joining the senior leadership team? And I looked at him and said, no. <laughs> I said, I, I honestly said, no, unless you have run a search and you believe I'm the right candidate. You. I've had the general counsel at the time you know, talk to me, other members of the senior leadership team, but I really wanted to make sure that the team as a whole thought I was the best candidate and that my credentials would stack up to you know, someone applying off the street as well. And, and they did. That's what they did. They, they did their search, the extent of it, you know, I wasn't privy to, which is fine in the back end. But at the end of the day, Jim again walked to my office and said, Quite frankly, remember, sometimes he says, you know, sometimes you just got to throw someone the keys and tell you to drive. So he said, you know, we concluded the search. You're the best one for the role. That person is already within our four walls of the building and we want you to, to join the team. And that point, I knew all the team members. I knew the HR staff. I had those established relationships. And I certainly knew the challenges and opportunities we faced in, in building an enterprise-wide HR function because those that don't know a lot about Car Global, you know, we're a family of companies. We're an acquisitive company that goes through, you know, a lot of M&A. Quite frankly, that's what makes it so exciting. Um, you know, this collection of companies and trying to rally a commonality of cultures and commonality of people processes and approaches, it just would be that, you know, that challenge that I was ended up welcoming at the time. But, you know, I liked the opportunity to move from a reactive state in legal, where a lot of times I was getting the problems downstream, defending the claims, sorting out the problems, doing the, you know, discipline coaching on the back end. 
this opportunity let me move to the front and say, you know, be very proactive in, uh, you know, the approach. So um, that was un- unanticipated, you know, went home, spoke it over, you know, talked it over with the husband and said, you know, just go all in. What could go wrong? <laughs> um, but I will tell you, I still had a lot of concerns at that time. I felt like it was a big risk, um, even bigger than leaving the partnership track at a law firm because I'd established eight years here. I had, like you said, I was very confident in what I was doing. It was stable. It was comfortable. It just felt you know, extremely on top of what I was doing. It was, you know, what's next? Step out of your comfort zone. And so I went to, um, I went to talk to my CEO and, you know, I just said, here's my concerns. Here's the things that I would need support. You know, he basically said, I won't let you fail. That, that's a quote. He said, I won't let you fail. So when you hear the CEO say that and that they're making the changes that, you know, I wanted reporting structure changes. I wanted you know, budget. I wanted enterprise-wide systems. That I clearly had a, a vision. But when you have the CEO say, I won't let you fail, that was truly a big part of my decision to, to say, yes, I'm absolutely going to take it. I'm going to you know, seize the day. There was just something about that you know, kind of cheerleader in your boss uh, from your leadership perspective, someone who commits to you. And Quite frankly, I, I felt like I had the entire team behind me as well. So that speaks to the tone and culture of the top at CAR. Was he the CEO when you joined CAR in 2005? Yeah, a very interesting story there. Um, when I joined in 2005, Jim Hallett had actually been fired from Odessa that same year. So it was it was just Odessa when I joined and a family of companies, Odessa AFC, and he had been fired in 2005 by prior executive team leadership and a different president was in in place. Thankfully, I was not in that employment role doing the termination (laughs) at that that time. So I had no history. And then, you know, if you haven't heard the story, um, and he talks about it freely and in, in several different venues is, you know, he believed so much in the company that he turned around and bought Odessa at the time in partnership with, you know, put together this private equity consortium of PE firms who came in and bought Odessa, formed CAR at the time, CAR Auction Services, and uh, blended us with another company, Insurance Auto Auctions, that the PE firms also owned and brought Jim back as chairman and CEO. Actually, he was CEO at that point and chairman became chairman and CEO subsequently um, from the board standpoint. So it really is a great story. And, you know, he he remains at the helm of the company. But you know, he believed in the company so much that he thought, you know, you're making a mistake by letting me go. And in fact, I'm going to come and and lead the company once again. It's it's a really great leadership story in its own. So I think being able to follow that passion is uh, is unique as well. Well, yeah, and I asked because you know you said when he um, when he offered up the heading up HR role, he said to you, "I won't let you fail." And so you clearly felt really supported by him. So I just wondered if he was there in two thousand five, right? When when you also felt support by the organization at that time that we want you as a candidate. And 
So even though it wasn't him, there was still that environment of support, which helped you in taking the risk. I think absolutely. And, you know, that support can come from, you know, peer levels, superiors, subordinates, however you look at an organization. You know, I felt extremely supported by the other attorneys, the general counsel in 2005. We had staffing. We did have a chief administrative officer when I hired in there. So I felt like it was strong support all the way around. And you know, that's where you do lean in and lean on those around you for you know, clues and how you're going to be successful. And, you know, it's never, never alone. It's always from a team structure. And I feel, feel a lot of us overall, you know, especially a car, there is no I in team. I know it's cliche, but we are a team and to be a truly effective team, it's, it's commonality, it's common goals. And, and I'll say one of, one of the other things that Jim often speaks to around leadership uh, kind of tone and culture from the top is, you know, make decisions with 70% of the information you have, you know, just go in. You're never going to have all of the answers. Just make the decision, fail fast. If it doesn't work out, um, it's okay to stumble along the way. You know, we all might have stumbling blocks. I certainly have here <laughs> some hard, hard lessons, especially you know, from the HR, taking over the HR side. But you could see, you know, our leadership team backs the premise of what we're trying to do. We need to champion change. We need to champion people. And I feel like I've had the opportunity to do that since taking the role in 2013. And I get asked a lot, you know, are you happy you made the move? How are you feeling? What are the challenges? And I just be my authentic self and saying, absolutely. I've you know, seated at the executive table saying all of the things to champion our people, our benefits, our onboarding, our, you know, our employer brand, our culture, values, those are all things that I didn't get to champion from the legal perspective. Yeah, and most definitely you are you are now. And I want to talk about I want to talk about your team because you are such a relational leader and you build a lot of trust and respect within your team. So I want to talk about that. But before we talk about your team, I want to go back to another parallel I see in both of these stories. You know, when you first went to Odessa and then in 2013, you're asked to, to lead HR for the first time, right? No one had ever been in that role. So a lot of uncertainty and a lot of building to do there. In both of those stories, Lisa, I heard this element of I need to make the best decision for me. So I want to dig into that a little bit. Tell us about that process. I do believe you have to be your authentic self. If you're if you're not happy, if you're not challenged in what you want to do, you're not going to be all in. And part of that for me was just reflecting. I've I've been driven since you know I was a young girl. I always knew I was going to be a lawyer, and probably I was seven or eight years old. Started working as soon as I could when I was thirteen. You know, worked all the way through college, worked through law school. As soon as I got out, it was just a, that's me. It's how I'm wired. I, I want to work. I want to contribute. I want to be successful from the professional side. I, you know, I want to have it all. I want the family, you know, like most of us, we, we just have a vision of, you know, what we want may not happen on the timeline. Actually, it never happens on the timeline that you think it's going to happen, but taking, you know, taking stock of who you are, what you want to do, not what other people think you should do, you know, taking the opportunity to lean in when someone is you know, offering you an opportunity that may bring you some anxiety or just questions. 
you know, I felt and I've always felt like if I'm not being authentic and true to myself and what I want out of it, what I can contribute moreover, like how can I make this better? That's where I want to be. And, you know, I think we've talked before as well is, you know, if I'm not the right person, I want to recognize that or I want to work on it. You know, I want to bring to the table. I always want to be be the best or beneficial. And if, you know, if there's someone who has you know, something more to add, that's where you rely on a team. You put your arm around them and bring them to the table. Well, and that's where I hear you balancing all that with a lot of humility, because in, in both of the stories that you told, in, you, you thought about, am I the best candidate? You wanted to make sure that it was a fair, objective process and you were being put into the role because that was the best thing for the business. So there's a lot of humility in that. Who in the world knows they want to be a lawyer at seven years old? <laughs> I know. I know. I can't really say why. It was probably some of the shows on TV. You know, the, the, probably, wasn't a lot, a lot of, I, order. Yeah. What was I, going on there? You know, I, if I, this is going to show my age, right? But, you know, I think it was a like murder she wrote stories. You know, any mysteries, I'm still a fan of, you know, 48 hours and the next 48 hours. And, but I tell you, I have absolutely no interest in criminal law whatsoever, (laughs) but I, I apparently thought that, you know, I was always going to be a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so now you are heading up talent HR for car global. I think there's some, there's a lot of transferable skills, no doubt that come into this new role. You have, um, I've, I've been fortunate to get to see you in action and your team has so much trust in you and care for you. And you all have a lot of fun as well. Talk about throughout your career, like how, how have you led through relationships? I think, and, and this goes to a lot of my personality, you know, transparent. I try to be honest with the team. Here's, here's the good, you know, the opportunities, but I'm, feel I'm best as a leader when I'm listening. And when I moved into the HR role, by example, I clearly spent the first year watching and listening and sitting with individuals who would say, you know, I would just say, how are you doing? How are your processes? You know, what are you working on? And some of them would say, I'll never forget, you know, one woman who's now retired just said, no one has ever asked me how I'm doing and how this process, you know, looks from my angle. So it's truly being a listener. I think it's all too easy, especially, you know, big organizations where we make assumptions, you know, we at corporate HQ know what's going on, especially in this organization with lots of field-based employees like Car Global. It's decentralized. You know, our biggest population is in the field at physical auctions at you know other corporate offices at AFC finance branches you know we're very decentralized and I believe you you have to be deliberate and intentional go find it right? what is happening how do you take the feedback and make it better the platform I had back in 2014 my first full year of watching you know sort of what was going in HR I basically came up with this campaign that said, titled, There's Got to Be a Better Way. And it was because we had 19 disparate human capital management systems. Each one of our subsidiary brands had a separate, at least two or three systems. I I couldn't get a 
accurate headcounts. You know, we had three different timekeeping systems because as an acquisitive company, it's often faster and sometimes easier just to bolt on new technology instead of moving into you know, a single source. So through listening and that clear six to nine month effort of listening, you know, I brought, let's move to one system, get our true enterprise-wide view of people. And that's because I listened. We built you know, 159 different pain points from our customers and it would throw up on the slide and presentation, you know, who are our customers in HR? You know, it's not, it's not the president, right? It's every single employee within the company is our customers. So how do we make their pain points with the administrative processes disappear? And it's, it's through listening. You know, employees have ideas, concerns, may not be what we think they are. So, so go out and listen. And I, I feel that that is probably my best trait as a leader and couldn't afford to be reactive. You know, as a lawyer, you're, you're, you're right. You are reactive here. It's proactive. Go out and find it. That starts with listening. That starts with actioning it, showing you heard. Here's what I'm going to do about it giving the results and then going back out and saying, how'd we do? You know, how is that working as you think about it? And, and with my team, first of all, I do have a fantastic team and, and we laugh. We laugh a lot, <laughs> which is great. Um, but we also make some really hard decisions and, you know, we're championing every possible, you know, avenue within people from, you know, the employer brand at Car Global to, um, engagement activities to recognition and you know some of the big lessons I've heard through listening is you know, sometimes a simple thank you is all they want right people just want to hear just want to hear thank you they want to see the appreciation and sometimes I actually had a an initiative last year that it was a thank you campaign you know every day go find people and tell at least five people thank you sincerity exactly what they did, you know, how you're doing it. And if you spread that through, you know, what was in an organization of 19,000 people, that's powerful and it's authentic at the same time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think everyone just wants to feel seen and heard and that's what you're doing by leaning in and listening to them and then encouraging the good work that they're doing. I think it goes to back to Jim as well in that, you know, he says, I won't let you fail. That that had a lasting impact on my approach to leading. Um, but then, you know, second side of that is I get to go out into the field and just hold listening tours with presidents or, you know, chief operating officers or HR partners in the field and, and just listen. And you, know, you can hear sometimes they just want a working air conditioner in a break room. Sometimes they just like a t-shirt because they feel part of the team or refrigerator that works. You know, it's the little things. It's not always a, it's not always a pay raise, right? It's not always a better benefit package, you know, but how can you engage and improve you know, the working life of every employee through, through that listening campaign? That's so good. Well, thanks for sharing that insight on how you lead through through relationships and it all starts for you. It starts with just being a great listener, leaning into that. So my my key takeaways from our conversation are, are these. I think number one in listening to your stories, both going to Odessa and then moving into the HR leadership role for all of CAR Global, I think it's it's first and foremost 
like you making the decision that was best for you. I really like your reminder about staying true to your authentic self, like knowing who that is, recognizing your strengths and, and what you want. And then the second thing is this, the support that you had around you to take a risk, to step out in courage. You had uh, going to Odessa in that role, right? You had this organization who wanted the talent that you brought. You had family support. You didn't have the support at the firm that you were in, but maybe <laughs> they were so bummed to lose you. I don't know. But then, yeah, and you said it a couple times, but just that that really has an impact on me too. Jim's Jim's message to you of I won't let you fail. You know, I think as leaders, what a good reminder to us. Do our people know that we have their backs and that we're setting them up for success? Are we doing all of the things to set people up for success? Put them in a position where they can win every day. Clear key takeaways from that. And and one thing I think going back to leading my team is is I always say we have these surgeon generals warnings that we share with each other. And, you know, one of mine is I always have your back, even in times of a mistake or an opportunity, I will always support you. You know, I'm on the front line when needed and, you know, please know that. And then I think if we're all leading with that, Hey, make de- just make decisions, even if it's only you know 70% of that information make decisions and, and I'll stand behind you. I'm here to break down barriers and defend when necessary. But part of that you know, is really building up your your brand within the company that people can say, I know, you know, she or that team means well, they're you know, certainly going to make it right. If there's a struggle, if there's a bumpy ride, the importance of building the brand of your department within the organization too is is key from my perspective as well. And that's a, that's a team approach for sure. Absolutely. Well, and something you model. And so then no doubt your your team members are modeling that as well, right? That gets driven through your organization. So Lisa, if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so I am available through LinkedIn and, you know, happy to connect and start you know, networking, join additional here, executive roundtables, HR groups. I've certainly will continue to you know, meet not only areas, but um, national as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations on leaning into these opportunities that you've, you've talked about today and just all of the exciting opportunities you have coming up as CAR Global unfolds. Yeah, thank you. It's it's exciting, super exciting. We're, we're always changing. No day is the same at CAR, as we like to say. And honestly, that's what keeps keeps you going. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.